Yo, bro, what's up, bro? Yo, what's up, bro? How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, and you? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing good, man. I just got to uh, work ten ten straight hours today, man. It was insane. Dick Sporting Goods has been insane lately in terms of like it's around baseball season, so you know that's that's how it is. So yeah, it's been insane at Dick's, but um, but yeah, man. Yeah, I figured out. I found this app on. It's called Anchor. Like you can pretty much anyone can do a podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, on their phones, so instead of like always meeting up at the studio, like we would, like we like what we would always do, now we can actually just just be like, all right, you want to do a podcast? Yeah, we can text each other and just do just talk about sports. So, but um, but how's the family doing? Everybody's good, bro. I can't complain. Um, we Is had that a... forty thousand. No, no, no. This is Josh. Oh, Josh, Josh, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good, 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 good. Get ready to go to work. Yeah, man, I've I've been working, man. It's been it's been a lot. Yeah, but uh, good. But yeah, I'm not complaining. Nah, nah. No, no, don't ever complain because you know what my grandma used to say. Uh, what? Broke man stinks. <laughs> you got that right. That's what my grandma said. That shit stuck on me like glue. <laughs> Yeah, bro. So I mean, but everybody's good though. I can't complain. We had the baby girl Super Bowl Sunday. That was that. Shit That's awesome. So Eagles win and you get a baby girl. That's awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. It was a pretty it was a pretty a pretty amazing experience. I can't complain. But yeah, man, you ready ready to get started or cause cause how anchor works is once we start recording, it'll record everything. So Yeah, I kind of put two and two together after I see it says recording and the time limit to it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm still I'm still learning how to use this app too, but um but but yeah, what do you want to get started first with the uh first topic? What did you have in mind? Well, first of all, we would like to welcome back all of our listeners. Oh, of course. Uh, uh, we haven't really had much time to put something together for you guys, but I mean I, I suppose our first topic we should hit what's been going on a lot lately. Um what the city's making a lot of noise with, along with the Eagles is the Sixers. And, oh, of uh, course, man. Everything amazing team. they're playing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, the Sixers have been have been playing amazing lately. Right now, they're taking on the Bucks right now too, so it's it's a close game. I was I've been watching it, so yeah, I got, actually got the game. I'm actually watching the game right now as I speak. The Sixers are up fifty eight fifty one in the uh, second quarter, but um, I mean, I, I I mean, I just I just want to know your thoughts on the whole LeBron James situation. Um, with LeBron, I mean, with him, like I, I've had I've had numerous conversations with this with a lot of people. Like, with LeBron, like, as long as the Sixers don't have to give up anything to get him, because I know there's been talks about the Sixers would need to trade for Kawhi Leonard and then get LeBron. No. I, I think I think if we can add LeBron in the free agency and not lose anyone, then I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. But <laughs> if we have to trade away Simmons or trade away Markel Fultz or trade away Sark or trade away one of our key pieces to get someone to get LeBron, then I just think we'll be doing too much. I, yeah, I mean, I really, I, I really like this. My fault. I really like this young core and how they're developing. Like Sark just had, he started the game off six of six shooting. Definitely. I just want to let this core grow together. They, they have, they have a chance to be something special. I mean, I have, I pretty much have the same opinion as you as though. I, I truly believe that to the fact that's where we would have to trade one of our key pieces would be a little too much. I think LeBron is at a stage where. 
if he looks at, you know, the team, if he looks at a team by team that he would consider signing, this team is a young, a very good young team, you know? So it's like, why would you want to break up a very good young team when you know with these, with these players and these pieces, you can go off and win a ring and go off into the sunset and, you know, chase Jordan or, or et cetera, whatever the, whatever the case may be. So yep. I see it as far as having to trade somebody, that, that's a big no-no. That's something I definitely wouldn't even consider or even put a thought into. But, I mean, if, you know, if a trade had to be completed or anything, I would definitely look at it. And even if we had to lose a couple players, I mean, if you think about it, Jer- uh, Jared Bayless is going to be gone at the end of the season. Um, Amir Johnson, he only signed a one-year deal. J.J. Reddick only signed a one-year deal. You know, uh, Ilya Sova, I'm pretty sure, is going to probably be here to the end of the season unless they decide to extend him, which I think they should do. Yeah, same yeah. As we'll talk about Ilya Sova with, a little bit with, later. With, yeah, exactly. And it, it, the same thing with Marco Bellinari. I mean, we have we signed a couple players that maybe have gone at the end of the season. So, I mean, those are the – I mean, just to clarify, those are just our – Keep like supporter, uh, the supporting yeah. the run the superstars. Yeah, and and I completely agree. I I have another question I want to ask you because I mean we haven't really had a talk. We didn't really talk about this for a while. But how did you feel about Joel Embiid? Did you watch the All Star game? Right? How did you feel about Joel Embiid's like All Star game performance? Like, like for for me, like seeing him the way how he was like like Team Steph like led to him with like one minute left to go in the game. And I was, I was just like, this guy, this guy is a star amongst stars. Like he has the potential to be really, like the next big thing in the league once I like LeBron and KD and all them retire. I personally believe. So I'm gonna have to go a little off topic and go in depth to the game because during those last 45 seconds, Team Curry took Joel Embiid off the court during those last what that last possession of the game, well, that last. You oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, remember, I was got. I was cursing at the TV. Yeah, I personally believe, and and it, it's just it's just you know my opinion, and what I truly think would have happened is Joel Embiid, if he would have been in for that possession, cut and case may be because if Joel Embiid was in for that possession, Team Curry would have won. We all know that. LeBron, they they gave the dunk to LeBron exactly where Embiid would have been standing. So I believe if Embiid was in for that play, he would have been MVP that game. Yes, he would have been. Yes, he would have been the All Star MVP. Yes, I definitely saw it, and he played the fewest minutes out of all the yeah. starters too. He he had, he, an, had, he, had and 10. he had an excellent game, a very excellent game. Yeah, yeah, like that sequence where he hit a thirty-five foot three-point shot and then blocked Russell Westbrook. That was amazing. Yeah, yes, exactly. Exactly. If you just take that into consideration, just to just to, just to per, give some, you know, back uh, back feed on just how the game went for him, you know. And just not to cut you off, but uh, the Sixers are are beating the Bucks sixty one fifty eight, and Ilya Sova just hit a three and got fouled, so he's at the line trying to complete a four point play. Yeah, and that and that transitions perfectly to our next topic. How do you feel about the Ilya Sova deal, Dante? Um, I believe Ilya Sova one, we should have never traded him to begin with last year. I mean, he's been one of our great he was one of our best pickups last season, you know, but I could, at the end of the day, the NBA is just a business. 
and I see that they went to the business side of things. But I'm kind of happy that we went and actually, you know, he got waived and we picked him up off the waiver wire or whatever the case may be. And as you could just see now, he's been a great addition to this team. He fits perfect. You know, he's that stretch forward that we that we really that we can really use in in, in our system. And I just love his game. And, and to, you know, to to put him next to Embiid and not have to, you know, bring slow uh, slow Amir off the bench all the time to help provide. You know, it, it really adds a great effect into our game and what Brett Brown would like to do. Yeah, and uh, and that, you pretty much just nailed every point that I was thinking about in terms of Ilyasova's game. I mean, we saw Joel Embiid and Ilyasova have great chemistry last season. Yes, before, they before he was traded away, it. they showed it. And it, it's just amazing how I thought this team was more of like a seven-eight seed coming in, but they're really exceeding expectations right now. And I believe they're only like a game and a half back from like. From like the four seed, or I know they're only well, like two ac- games actually, from the Cavs. Actually, um, the Pacers beat the Wizards tonight, so that sets the Sixers. I want to say a half a game ahead, because the Wizards have now have twenty eight losses, so that okay. actually sets the Sixers ahead in standings. But yeah, so yeah, it it's from four four to eight is just a toss up. Yeah, or three yes. to eight. Well, actually, three to eight because yeah. the Cavaliers, after everything they've did, they can easily fall out the top three. I mean, literally, at any given moment, you know, any given game, they can literally fall out the top three. Yeah, because then they lose to the Nuggets last night. They did lose to the Nuggets last night. Uh, I think they they lost to the Nuggets. I believe Murray Jamal Murray had a big game last night. So I definitely, and I believe the Sixers are probably. I would say two games back back from the Cleveland in that fourth seed. So yes, the Sixers are surprising a lot of teams. And if they were to transition, if they were in the West and that conference, they'll probably they'll practically be in the same predicament that they're in now. Yeah, and and it's just interesting to see because we're seeing Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons really start to gel and mess with each other, and and the, and we yeah, we pretty we really do have two generational talents all on one team and that's due to Sam Henke's credit and my question to you is do you feel like Brian Colangelo's getting all the love that Sam Henke uh that Sam Henke started for the Sixers cuz i I've, I've a lot of Sixers fans are mixed with that some people like Colangelo some people are saying Henke's the one that set us up Colangelo's kind of just chilling and just benefiting from what Henke started um i would say they I would I would give a lot of credit to Sam Hinkie. There is no I, you can't give take no credit away from him for the simple fact is that he put us in a position to get Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. But um, you know he started the whole process thing and he get, I believe they should get a fair share of credit because you know this is what Sam Hinkie started the whole process thing and Brian Colangelo has done nothing but an amazing job taking over for Sam Hinkie by bringing in the additional players. And let's not forget, Sam Hinkie also drafted Dario Saric. Let's not forget that neither. Yeah. So, but it was just Saric didn't come over. He stood two years overseas. But, I mean, I sh- I believe they should get a, an amount, a fair amount of credit given a piece, a 50-50 thing, because Colangelo is putting his roster together. He is bringing over the, 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 the good, the good uh, supporting cast players. 
And we really don't know if Sam Hinkie would have been able to do that. And if you we if we look at a backtrack of record, Brian Colangelo has done this previously before. I mean, he was the one that put that Raptors team together. Yeah. And we see the Raptors are the number one team in the East right now. So I believe that both uh, both GMs should get a, both uh, both men should get a fair fair amount of a uh, of sh- of share of love here, because they they have put this team together. It's just like you know, Sam Hinkie started it. Uh, Brian Colangelo is finishing it. Yep, and I and I definitely see like the mesh between the two player, the two GMs, and you know, and it's amazing to think about because Joel Embiid had to go through those two seasons of of like foot problems and stuff like that. So it's just amazing to see what where this team is now, and Philly sports as a whole, like the Flyers are even winning. Even though I'm not, I don't really follow the Flyers like that, but yeah, I'm not really a big hockey <laughs> person myself. But but yeah, like they continue to win, and the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, and that uh, yeah, this reminds me. What do you think the Philly the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do with Nick Foles and Torrey Smith and and all of them? Because I, I I think that the Eagles should uh, not resign Torrey Smith, and just because we have we have Hollins that that he's going to come into a second season and be that speed wideout threat that Torrey Smith is pretty much. So we can save money that way. But how do you feel about like um, Nick Foles and that? That actually transitions into our next topic. But I mean, as an extent, I mean, we all know the cap situation going on here with the Eagles and what's their next move and what should we do with Nick Foles. And people have to realize at the end of the day, it's a business. And I'm a person that's you know loyalty before royalty type of guy. And you know we have a lot of loyalty to Nick Foles. But we can't be stuck in the past. Like, you know, we're all we're all still off the high that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. But at, now we won the Super Bowl, it's what's next? You know, are, are, is our team going to be good enough to get there? Is, is, is Carson Wentz still going to take us to the promised land? You know, that's the what's next. And going into the Nick Foles conversation, it's – well, we do see what he can do in our system. We know what he can do. He's a Super Bowl MVP, and his playoff stats were amazing. And it's just of, you know, well, where's Carson Wentz at also in his recovery time? Because I believe if Carson Wentz is ahead of schedule, personally, I'll, I'll go and pull the plug on Nick Foles. But then again, if he's not, you know, if he's not there in terms of health, then yeah, you're gonna have to keep Nick Foles, because you know, let's all let's all be real here. The NFC East is still a tough division. Granted, we all know Kirk Cousins is gonna leave, but people still have to realize we still have Dallas and we still have the Giants. Yeah, and if the Giants get Saquon Barkley, then they got and that's the yeah, and that's that's what I wanted to talk next about our next topic about the draft. But, you know, going back to Nick Foles, it's, you know, are we going to trade him for a play, for a pick and a player that's going to better our future? Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to help us in our future, not just for the time being and then wait for Carson Wentz to come back. Yeah, because because what I personally think with Nick Foles is if a team offers uh, the Eagles, like, two first-round picks or, like, maybe a first-round pick this year and a first-round pick next year or a first- and second-round pick, 
Right. I, th- I think that'll be worth trading for for Nick Foles. But if no one else is offering that, then I just think the Eagles have the, literally the dream-like situation in the quarterback, um, like the court, like the dream-like quarterback situation, where they have not one but two guys that can come in and lead a team to victories. Like we saw what happened with the Raiders when Derek Carr went out a couple years ago and their backup couldn't get the job done. They ended up losing the the number one seed in home field and then losing in the wild card round the following week. Definitely. Yeah, so the Eagles have that ideal quarterback situation where they have two guys. Nick Foles is already content with being the backup. He knows that Wentz is the guy. (coughs) And and if Carson Wentz isn't really 100% healthy, Nick Foles can start the season until Wentz is ready, fully ready to come back and play it as a in, in an in his elite MVP level that he was last season. And you know, some people need to realize is that, you know, okay, Carson Wentz not be ahead of his schedule. We may have to wait on him, and then we're gonna have to keep Nick Foles. But remember though, you, there's also a trade deadline. And the trade deadline, you know, the NFL news, the uh, the NFL new season has yet to, the NFL new year has yet to arrive, and it doesn't arrive until about what another week or so. You don't necessarily have to trade him now. I mean, you can hang on, and then you know, let's just say persona, Carson Wentz isn't ready, and we have to keep Nick Foles in there. Well, you can let Nick Foles go and do what he does. And let's say if it's going to be the first five games, Carson Wentz is going to be out. Those first five games, Nick Foles, can, if he can go out and do what he did during that postseason, you could trade him. Yep. And you're still going to – people are – and then you're going to have more NFL teams take a look and see what it is that's helping him. And, you know, he's continuing this hot start. He's playing well, you know, et cetera. Well – in my opinion, Nick Foles, you're not going to get more than a second. You're not going to get more than a second round pick out of a team. Well, let's just say they have to go that direction. Now you can get a first round talent for him, and now you got your starting quarterback back. Now you have, you know, you 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 can you can now build more and develop more into your future. And then there goes the what next? Okay, well, what next? We're going to get this young kid in the upcoming draft, 2019 draft. That's gonna help better our uh our future, our team. And then who knows? Maybe we can if you know those first five games. This is just an example, by the way. Those first five games, we go four and one, five and oh. We're in a great position to 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 do what we did last year. And yeah, and also our, have the and also have the possibility and the great chance of repeating for that next season. Yeah, and I re- I really think that this Eagles team is young enough and good enough where we could go on a on a on a repeat, but we also got to understand, like, last season, like, everything literally fell into place for us. Like, Rodgers going down, the Legion of Boom, they all had their injuries. Mm-hmm. But, like, literally last season was the perfect season for the Eagles to take advantage of, and that's exactly what we did. And it feels great to be to know that we're Super Bowl champions and no one can hit us with that 1960 championship anymore. So that that's something that I've had a great time. I've talked to Dallas people and – and New York people all the time. And it's just so funny now that they literally have nothing to say. They're literally so quiet. No one hates that. When I, when I post tweets about the Eagles, when I talk about the Eagles, no one hates and no one says any smart comments because the Eagles are the new champions. And I, it's awesome. Yes, it is. Yes, it, it is. It's, it's been amazing. Like, it's been an amazing ride. But um, 
and you know, just backpinning off of what you just and um, I mean, I'm sorry, just piggybacking off of what you said, and now everything fell into our lap. That's really not our fault. Oh, of There's course, not really not. much we can do about that. I mean, you know, it, it's an unfortunate situation that we've had that you know. These, I mean, we also stuff lost our quarterback team, too, but we also had to endure the same thing, and we just overcame it. Yep. You know, we we lost our starting left tackle, who's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. We lost our MVP quarterback in Carson Wentz, who if he would have played, he would have been MVP in my opinion. And and still in my opinion, although he played, he, he did miss the last three games, he should have won MVP. I believe they they really ripped it off of him because Tom Brady has the name of Tom Brady. And we we also lost our starting middle linebacker. We lost our, you know, at the time you could have arguably made a, a a really good case and argument that we lost our best running back in Darren Sproles at the time being. So really, we had to endure the same thing. Yep, I completely agree. And that and last thing I want to talk about with the Eagles before we transition in the NFL draft, who do you think position wise should the Eagles take in the first round? Should we go wide receiver? Should we go Middle linebacker, I know there's been talks about an offensive lineman, too. And quick shout-out to uh, Sally's graduate, Brian O'Neill. I played football against him. I was a sophomore. He was a senior. And that he's, been a, he's, been a, he's been an athletic freak since his days in high school. And the fact that he might even be a top-10 pick, mm-hmm. his combine, he ran a 4-8 combine. So he's, he, is, he is solidifying as one of the best tackles in the draft. And it's amazing because I played football against this guy to see where he is and stuff like that. I just want to give a quick shout out to Brian O'Neill. But um can't knock it. Yeah, but yeah, position wise, who do you think the Eagles should go with in the first round? Um it it it's tough because um there's not I believe that we have a last year we had a team full of death behind our players, behind our starters. And if you and what really kills me, I'm going a little off topic, what really kills me here is that why are we considering taking a running back with our first pick? Oh yeah, I know. That's kind of giving me, you know, little worries about what is our what do we do you not trust J trust Jay Ajayi? Um we just literally had, you know, one of the best running back groups in the league in a while. I mean, this team was second in yards per game. We had a three-headed monster in that backfield between Corey Clement, LeGarrette Blunt, and Jay Jai. So, I mean, granted, LeGarrette Blunt might not come back next season, but we still have Darren Sproles coming back. You still have Danell Pumphrey, who you don't want to get rid of because you want to transcend his game into the Darren Sproles position. Mm-hmm. So really, what's going on there? That's a question I have, and you know I believe that we have, we still have a good wide receiver depth. I mean, granted, if Tory Smith leave. I mean, Tory Smith, if he does leave, I'm fine by that for the simple fact is that, to me, he didn't play well this year. I mean, he had a couple of good games and he had a good playoff run, but I didn't really. I, to me, if to me in a little bit of time Matt Collins got, he outperformed Tory Smith in that little bit of time he got. <laughs> of course, that's that's what I was talking about. Like, isn't Tory Smith worth like five million or something like that? Yeah, he had a, a three-year deal for for, uh, for fifteen mil, but it was the Eagles' option after the first yeah. year to whether to uh, 
if they want the uh, option or not. And it just seems as though I personally would lean towards that option of just releasing him. But the simple fact is that we do have Matt Collins. Um, I do think that we should take a wide receiver, not in the first round, but definitely in this draft, we should take a wide receiver. There's a couple good wide receivers out there that we could definitely look at. But yeah. as far as with the 32nd pick in the NFL draft, I would take Harold Landry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely going to add more to our defensive ends. I was going to just add more to our uh, to our defense uh, period. Um, our rotation would still be good. And we're also having talks of release. Either we're going to release Vinny Curry, trade him, or we can restructure a contract with him. And I personally believe that it, it our draft, depending on who we take, is going to all depend on what we can do with Vinny Curry. Um, personally, I wouldn't release him um, if he's not willing to restructure the contract. Then I try and you know cut ties with him, but not via release. I mean, although you are going to save up nine million dollars in cap space, and we're, we're we're in dying need of those million nine million dollars, but he's coming off the best season he had, and you're gonna you could get something for him. I mean, he's worth at least a third round pick. Yeah. So but, I, yeah, I you, yeah I, you... depending. I mean, I did say Harold Landry, but I it, it to me it just depends on what they do with any Curry. You know, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't have a an actual draft pick in my head who I'm willing to go after. But, I mean, besides, you know, Harold Landry, we could take a look at the uh, linebacker from um, Alabama, Rashad. I can't even think of his last name. Yeah, that's the guy I was thinking about. I, I don't know his name, but I knew there was talks about us getting an Alabama linebacker with the cert- with the yeah. 32nd pick. Because, I mean, I'm, cause, I mean I, Jordan Hicks is a solid player, but he just needs to find a way to stay healthy, in my opinion. That's just what's hurting him in his career, well, just – well, look, it's just not staying healthy. Now now that we actually talk about it, and I'm trying to put it into perspective now as we talk about it, um, if the Giants take Saquon Barkley with that number two pick, I'm definitely going to hit the defensive end, the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. But a, a simple fact is that uh, now we're going to have to try and tackle Zeke and Barkley. Oh, my goodness. Two time, uh, like in two games a year. So, yeah, I definitely would try. And, you know, I would like to see the Eagles re-sign Nigel Bradham as well. Um, I believe that this next season is going to be the season where Jordan Hicks comes along and, um, you know, shows that potential that he has of being a superstar linebacker. And, you know, we still have um, uh, Michael Kendricks. And, you know, who, who knows what's going to happen? We really don't know what's going to happen. But if I had to first say, I would say we're either going to go Harold Landry or the linebacker out of Alabama, Rashad, and I can't think of his last name. Yeah, and, yeah, and, that, and that's what I was thinking in terms of, like, middle linebacker and stuff like that. But if I'm the Cleveland Browns with the number one overall pick, I have to take I have to take Barkley from Penn State. You have, you have to. He's the best player in the draft. Your offense, your offense needs a spunk. And you just die. You're in dire need of superstars. I mean, because last year, if you really think about it, the Browns they went Jabril Preppers and they went uh, uh, Garnett from uh, yeah, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Yeah, my bad. It's been a while because the Browns have been so bad. Like the only time we talked about them is around the draft period. And <laughs> you know, honestly, if I if I'm Sasha Brown, 
you know, and the cap and the money that they have, honestly, and you have the cap, the money that you have, and you know the 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 where you're positioned at in the draft. Honestly, if you know they can actually turn this thing around and become a seven-win team this next season, I mean, look, I will go out and resign resign Josh Gordon. Um, he definitely put on a clinic the, the the last few the last few the last few weeks of the season. You know, he's definitely showing that he still has that boom in him before the whole suspension thing. Um, Kirk Cousins is out there, and you have plenty of money to throw around. If I believe it's $103 million that you have to spend. Kirk Cousins is there, and Kirk Cousins has proven himself that he can play. You know, I'd rather throw a whole bunch of money in Kirk Cousins' face than have to try and bank on a rookie in Sam Darnold or Josh Allen or Josh Rosen or or, or, – uh, Baker Baker uh, these rookies who really haven't proven anything yet in the league. So I'd rather throw my chances at throwing out, what is it, $70 million at Kirk Cousins, who's had, I would say, three years in a row, 4,000 yards, 25-plus touchdowns, and and went to the playoffs out of those, one of those three seasons. The, uh, the three seasons he's, he's been the starter, he's took the rest of them to the playoffs. So I'd rather do that than – and then, and with that first pick, let's say if they were to go that route, you can sign Kirk Cousins, re-sign Josh Gordon. That first pick, I'll go Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's to me, he's the best player in this draft. Yeah, you saw his combine, man. He he had a great, he had a he great had a combine, great, an amazing combine. I mean, so why not? I mean, you can literally turn that franchise around. They can do what the Eagles did. I mean, I'm not gonna say they're gonna go and win the Super Bowl, but they the the, the Eagles are a perfect example of. Worst of first, a perfect example. Yeah, because did, we 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 didn't we didn't make the playoffs back to back years before. Yeah, and if memory can serve me right, we finished last in the division. Carson Wentz rookie season. Yep, and the Browns just went zero and sixteen. And I mean, there's a perfect example when with those pieces, you could have the best running back coming out the draft and Saquon Barkley. You could have the best, arguably the best player in the free agent market right now who just happens to be a quarterback, and you need a quarterback. And you can re-sign Josh Gordon, who's given that flash, that he can still be that superstar receiver. You you, you have a, a good offensive line. And if you ask me, the Browns still had a good defense last season. I mean, they signed Miles Garrett. They traded uh, with the Patriots. Uh, I, believe, I can't remember his name. Jamie Collins it is? Yeah, Collins, yeah. They have Collins. They have Jabril Peppers. I mean, listen, they can turn this whole situation around. And yeah, they, they can, also have the fourth pick of the yeah, draft, too. With that fourth pick, you can go and draft the kid out of Bama, Minka Fitzpatrick, who's projected to be the next best cornerback to come into the league. So they can literally turn this thing around. Yep, and I completely agree. But um, in terms of the Eagles' schedule, because this year we're playing against the, the AFC South teams, like I, I honestly think our schedule is going to be a little bit tougher this year than it was last year. I mean, on paper, we thought that last year's season was going to be tough, like especially going to Seattle and then yeah. playing the Broncos and playing everything. But that just shows you how the NFL game is. But how, how do you think the Eagles are going to are going to? Is it's very early predictions, but how do you think the Eagles are going to stand in terms of their schedule this year? Um, honestly, I can't really think of who we're going to play this year. Besides the AFC South and the AFC East, I mean, we I be, we didn't uh, we went five and one in the division last year. Yeah. You know, I believe we still have a chance 
to go again 13 and 3 at best 13 and 3 yeah and that's what I was thinking about cuz i mean the afc if you, the the afc south you got the colts you got uh, the Titans, you got the, the titans and who else is coming out the afc so uh you got the, the jaguars yeah the jaguars and i i got to be honest with you um the jaguars really to me Besides that defense, with Blake Bortles back there, they're not going to accomplish anything. Um, Tennessee, they're in a. I don't. I don't understand. I. I. I don't know where to where to put Tennessee at. Uh, Tennessee reminds me of Buffalo. It's like they're there. It's like they don't know what they want to do. Yeah. You know, and they it, they have a good they have a, a good young quarterback in Marcus Mariota. Um, it just seems to be now that Derrick Henry is going to be. The bell cow back there. So I mean, we all know what Derrick Henry could do, and we've seen him kill the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in that first round of the playoffs last season. So, and we really don't know. I really don't. I personally don't know what's going out there in Tennessee. Um, Indy, you know, besides Ty and and Andrew Luck, who can't stay healthy, there's really nobody there. They have a horrible defense. The offensive line is horrible as well. You know. Any other player that they have lined up opposite of T.Y. Hilton is horrible. They don't have a running back. You know, Frank Gore's now uh, supposedly the report says Frank Gore's going to leave. So I really don't know what's going on going on out there in Indy. And the really the team that I can see that's going to give us trouble is the Texans. I mean, if Deshaun Watson's going to come back healthy, um, we all seen what he could do last year and that little bit of time that he gave us. And it's only going to get scarier because. You still remember you still have DeAndre Hopkins. You have JJ Watt who's gonna come back healthy. You still have opposite of him to Davian Clowney. So that that's a good defense and that's and that well that's a great defense in my when they're healthy, that's a great defense. And it's it's also a good defense uh, a good offense, pardon me. So that's really a team that scares me is the Texans. Yep. I mean anything else you ready you wanna talk about, Dante, or are you ready to wrap up everything? Uh you ready to wrap this up, we can wrap this up. Yeah, but uh, real quick, I'm going to give a big shout-out to Dante, man. He's been uh, my bro since college, man. He knows everything yes, sports. Yeah. So hit that hit that favorite button for Dante as well and hit that favorite button for, for me and Swoop Radio as well because that's how Anchor works. Like, you have your own profile too. So, yes. Like, it, it's like it's – I really like this Anchor app. Like, it, it can be used. You can make your own podcast whenever you want and whenever. But – uh. Josh, I want to say thank you. Uh, you front, you definitely introduced me to this amazing app. Um, I don't necessarily have to co- travel out to the Cabrini now to have to, so we could record a podcast. Yeah, it's definitely amazing. And um, you you hit it off, bro. Yeah. So again, hit that hit that subscribe button on Swoop Podcast for YouTube. Um, Swoop Radio is also on Anchor here, so we got Anchor, we got Instagram at Swoop Podcast underscore. We got Dante Fantuzzi. We got Josh Sanchez both rocking it out and talking out sports, man. Just like good old times, bro. Definitely. But all right, bro. Have a good one, man. All right. You have a good one. Give a quick update. The Sixers are winning 81-62 against the Milwaukee Bucks right now. Uh, Clarify that, 81-64. All right. Sounds good. But all right, bro. Be safe out there. All right, Josh.